0: Tanner Hendrickson and I'm Brandon Kylie. Coming up at about 10 minutes, we'll hit the BK and Ferrario rewind. But right now, Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, is joining us via the Brown and Croupin Celebrity Line. Curves, we were having a conversation earlier today, and somehow we ended up on the topic of the best movies of Nicolas Cage's career. <laughs> Wanted to bring you in on this conversation. What's your favorite all-time Nicolas Cage movie?
1: Man that is something i have given pretty much no thought to. Well, um, this is a
0: perfect time to do it. Uh, I
1: actually i i, I like the uh, the national treasure series.
0: Oh, no. Come on. Girls. No way. We said that's a Joey no answer. Way. We said you're going to go
1: with a different one. But did, did, wait wait i was going to go with a different one. We thought, I, I, mean, I, I said
2: gotta, i shocked. said you were a i said you have to be a con air or a the rock type of nicolas cage guy. I thought for sure oh, okay. that was no, I actually all,
1: i like I like both those movies. I kind of forgot about them too. I had um, an
0: outside odds on Gone in sixty seconds. I had that like five to one on the board.
1: It was that uh, I remember watch. I remember going to the theaters to watch Face Off with him and John Travolta. Yeah, yeah that was another one. Um, that was that was one. But uh, I, I like the. I kind of like the, the National Treasure, you know, uh, series. But if I had, I don't know if I had to watch Watch the Rock, the National Treasure, Gone in sixty seconds. Uh, I would probably go national treasure. Rock gone in sixty seconds.
2: Curves agree or disagree? Nicolas Cage is like the Nickelback of actors. People like to hate on him, but he's better. I, I don't.
1: I don't get the Nickelback thing. I, I've Me never like, like I'm sitting here thinking, like when Nickelback is playing, and I'm going, and, and I don't know. Like, did Nickelback do something that I don't know about? Like, was there something that all of a sudden they became this like, like well. I mean, you can't say they're a sellout because just about every freaking artist is a sellout all the way down to Bob Seger with his commercial for Like a Rock. True. And Bob Seger's, and I'm like, that's an all-time favorite of mine, right? Like, th- this is one of those, I think eventually Nickelback just got in the road of something and now people are scared to say I like it. Well, you may know me a little bit well, fellas, because, like, I don't really care what too many people think of things, and so I, you know... Hell, I got everything from Neil Diamond to whatever on my iPhone here. So, like, if, if it's a song, I like it. I like it. I've I never understood that Nickelback thing.
2: You know what it is, Curves? People that hate on Nickelback have to be kind of like BK, where
1: they just hate really good things. What? <laughs> they just like to no, you hate good things. Like, hey, hey, you can bring this up to him next time you have him on, too, right? Like, what happens is people now feel like they have to say they hate Nickelback, kind of like Joey feels like he has – and you, too, Alice. You feel like – you have to say you, don't, you can't stand Star Wars and think it's nuts, despite the fact that it's like this several-billion-dollar industry movie thing that's lasted 40 years and has spinoffs and all this other stuff. But you've put it in, you've entrusted yourself so much that you feel like you have no choice. You, you couldn't even give it a chance. It's like me eating beets. I don't know. If I, I just refuse to eat beets anymore because I hated them as a kid. My mom forced me to hate them. I might right now really love a beet. But there's no chance in hell I'm going to eat a beat. No, you know what though, Curbs, I, I have
2: given it a chance, and I liked the the original three Star Wars. I watched it with my wife about two years ago. I enjoyed those, but after those, I hated them because I just didn't I didn't get into it as much as people do. So I gave them a chance, enjoyed it, but I also just disliked it.
1: But see, that's see now there, there's there's a flip side to that. Like that's that's the thing. Like I can. Uh, I, I just recently watched The Sopranos. I never had gone through and watched The Sopranos. I'd seen episodes here, episodes there, and I'm watching it. And I'm like, okay. And finally, when it, by the time I was getting to season four, I'm like, okay, all right. So we got two smart ass kids that uh, don't get disciplined. Uh, we got a husband and a wife that are fighting, and every now and then we got somebody being tough on this other guy. I'm like, I got to go through four more seasons of this, right? And it's and it's not that it wasn't good or the writing wasn't good. It's just that okay. I'm done at this point, but, but I would never tell. I would, I, I don't think it was bad. So I don't know. Beats, Sopranos, see your Neil, but I mean, it's a good talk.
2: I don't know how the hell we got to beats, but that was good.
1: <laughs> well, you know what I, on the, on the, plane flight, on the plane flight to, uh, between Ottawa and Carolina, flying attendant came by with some, with some dinner. And I forget what it was. It was, Oh, it was actually, it was, it was beats. some chicken it was the best chicken I'd ever had on, on a, on, on a plane. Anyway, the chicken and it puts down and, and oh. I didn't see the menu part we're on the right at the end it said in beets and I'm like holy crap there's two beets on it. and then there's beet juice running into like the chicken and I'm like oh no well
2: and this Curbs already why. hates chicken
1: I'm too a, I'm well yeah I eat chicken I don't hate chicken I just think that it's in so many ways flavorless so I don't yeah. I wonder what the point of chicken is it takes on the right? flavor but,
0: of whatever you cook it with Curbs
1: Right, and then when the beet starts to flow into the chicken, I am literally performing surgery on this piece of chicken to make sure that I'm not even eating the red beet juice that had touched the skin. So, I can I can understand people. Apparently, I mean, for me it's beet. For some people it's Nickelback,
0: and for Doug Armstrong it's this roster that he's doing surgery on right now. <laughs> We're talking to Chris Gerber, the voice of the that's Blues. That's that was a nice the great transition I've ever had. That was phenomenal. I want it to be known. I'm proud of what I just did and I'm not ashamed to say that I'm proud of it. Um curves, all right. Um I'm trying to think of a good way to ask this question, but what just what, ask it. what what was that? What happened last night? Why did they play as poorly as they did?
1: Uh well guys, they they played a much better hockey team. Carolina is good. Like really good. Yeah. Well, Carolina is the second best team in the National Hockey League, uh, from a record standpoint, from a point standpoint. One of the best defensive teams in the National Hockey League. Uh, the, the goaltender that they played against last night is uh, part of the reigning Jennings Trophy, you know, winning tandem. But what you saw, frankly, last night. I don't know that I can say so much, Ottawa, but clearly Colorado, right? um you saw an inferior team playing a better team you saw moments where you can make some plays get some goals like the fault goal right but when a team can just come at you in waves like carolina can and i talked to paul stashney at the morning skate about this for carolina it you know it can just wear you down and the blues just are not good enough now in the last three games The top-end guys for this team, and by the way, you're missing Saad. You're missing Butch Navich. Then, of course, everyone's aware of the trades. Okay, so what was a top six is really now a top two or three when you talk about Saad, you know, uh, when you talk about Shen, Cairo, and Thomas. Barbashev moving up in the lineup a little bit. But what's really happening, in my opinion, is the teams, because of the trade of O'Reilly and Tarasenko, you cannot hide 18 and 25 anymore. And those guys are getting a hell of an education right now in the kind of matchups that Braden Shen, that Ryan O'Reilly, that Vladimir Tarasenko, that Jaden Schwartz, and those guys have faced shift in, shift out, game in, game out every single night in the National Hockey League. And this is an important learning curve because they're going to go into an offseason and realize that's what I am going to be facing now every night in the National Hockey League. Jordan Cairo must have pulled up on three or five plays yesterday where, you know, the hit was coming. And by the way, that's kind of natural, and that could be – that's okay. You remember the greatest show on turf. Sometimes the yards after the catch weren't always there because if someone's coming in to hit, just go down, take the yardage, and get back up so you don't get killed, right? And so that's not – when I say that, it's not always a bad thing. But you could see the way the teams – Ottawa was out there to hit Cairo every single time. They were slashing, right? Uh, you, You saw Colorado slashing them. They were hitting him. They were going in for the body every single time. And that's a wake up call to those guys. And those guys, from an offensive standpoint, have gone completely quiet in these last three games. And then the other part of it is the roster below them doesn't have the skill to keep some of that momentum going. So you got to rebuild it. And, And this is the difference in, you know, kind of a high end talent team and a team that doesn't have as much skill
0: curves final question that i've got and it is a, a bit of a follow-up on that in in some ways um it it has nothing to do of course with the st louis blues but um can you rank these four players in terms of how they would help improve uh the blues roster in a hypothetical world Timo meyer alex DeBrinket, dylan larkin jacob uh chikrin
1: well let's let's uh, let's, let's go backwards first with with chikrin um chicken brings you a little bit more youth um uh, a little bit more skating you're going to have to that's just to me chicken is just bringing you uh, a, a different size uh, his shot and stuff he's going to have to replace somebody maybe like a Tory Krug you know in, in the lineup someone's got to go before that part can happen because going into that game yesterday you had the full healthy defenseman until Krug got hurt um and and every one of those eight defensemen that you had on the roster. Uh, including you know, Tucker are all under contract the next year. All right. So, you know, part of a, a defensive shakeup with his poor as this team has been defensively is where the chicken thing comes into play. Um, Dylan Larkin, ah, you know, I, I think you can go find that somewhere if, if you need it. I like, depending on where there are, that one does it. Alex De Look, Alex De can flat out score and he's got skill. Um, uh, the, the the Ottawa Senators, I, I with the direction they're going, I, I'd be shocked to see the Ottawa Senators do something with Alex Tabrickett. But the, one of the other issues too is whether you look at Alex DeBrinkett, some of these other guys you're looking. Size is a big deal, and, and the Blues no longer have much size. They, they they really don't have a whole lot of size in the upfront area. Um, and then you know the other one you mentioned is Timo Meyer, and I know there's been some rumors out here. All right, now you've got. Now you've got some high end skill, a guy that can play across the, the line. Uh he's got the age twenty six, you sign him to a long term contract. But if you got a guy like Timo Meyer, who's clearly a, a goal scorer, thirty one goals in fifty four games, you've got another guy you're gonna lock in to a long term contract. That might give you three forwards on eight year deals, right? You know, now that could be good, but if something goes haywire, you know, you, you could be you could be caught for a while. So it's an interesting one. The one that intrigues me the most out of all those is a Timo Meyer, because if the Blues were to make a move for a guy like Timo Meyer and get him and extend him, and I don't, there's no chance the Blues make a move to get him without knowing that they can extend him. And I don't believe Greer in San Jose has given anybody permission to talk to Claude Lemieux, Timo Meyer's agent. But if they get him uh, and they extend him, then that shows you just how quick of a turnaround Doug Armstrong is looking for.
0: Curbs, we appreciate the time as always, man. I'm I'm Team Timo as well, and Team Beat. Appreciate you hopping on with us. We look forward to listening to some Nickelback together very soon.
1: <laughs> Bro, uh, Alex, there's a simple rule in life: if it stains corningware, don't eat it.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. I love and do animal. do your,
1: both of you, both of you, do yourselves a favor. Don't make your kids eat beets.
2: Oh yeah. No, my daughter will not eat that trash, and baby. Uh, Dwight Schrute said it best. Curbs. No beats. Bears beats
1: Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Appreciate you, Curves. Me. We'll talk with you again next week. This is Chris Curve, voice in the blues.